Welcome to the His Light and Life podcast with your host, Mark, who will be your guide to enhance, deepen, and enrich your Christian life. To turn your focus away from just getting by to walking with God in His light and life. back to his light and life um we're gonna pick up and continue talking about the victorious christian life and the um over a series of podcasts of course we're gonna we're gonna deal with the many aspects of it um it's sort of like a it's sort of like a, a mountain that can be viewed from several different angles the angle at which you're viewing the mountain doesn't doesn't have any it doesn't have any essential change to the mountain itself the mountain itself is still the same. Your, what is changing, of course, is your view of it. The way you observe it, your interaction with it, the angle that you have towards it. That's variable. That can change. And as I said earlier on, many of the great men and women of God who found the overcoming life, who entered into that walk in a deeper walk with God where they were carried by the Spirit, I like James Robinson. He called it that, carried by the Spirit. Um, they they all had a different name for it because um, they had come at that mountain from a slightly different angle. It doesn't make any one of them more correct than the other. And it's interesting that the closer you get to the peak, the closer you get to the top, and I want to say right off the bat, we do not achieve the top ever um, in this life or the next. Uh, to do that, you would have to actually... You would actually have to become God. All of these things are, of course, in our, in our view and relationship to God. We could no longer, we could no more become actually God any more than the fish could become the man in the boat. But that's not what we're trying to achieve. We become partakers of the divine nature because, without being a partaker of the divine nature, He would be completely un, ununderstandable to us. He would ever and forever have to relate to us at our level, and of course. That's not what he intended. I stated early on in a in a completely different podcast that that a lower creature could never can never under um, can never discover a higher form of life, and that very that very clearly holds true in this. But the Father in His wisdom did not intend for us to ever be the fish, for us to always be the fish in the lake, and He to forever be the man in the boat. Um. If he had done that, and he certainly could have, uh, our relationship to him would be completely different. And uh, our becoming partakers of the divine nature and seated with Christ in the heavenlies and a lot of various things that occur as a result of our uh, covenant uh, would not have been necessary. Would not have been necessary at all. Um, we could have had a, quote, spiritual version of uh, what took place in the for the children of Israel um, just be as they were a nation on the earth, we could be the church pulled out of many nations could just be a nation of people, a civilization in heaven, just a society in heaven. God did not intend that our relationship with him does not convert us and turn us into merely a society of God in heaven, but we've been brought into the relationship that the Trinity has with each other. Though ever distinct, 
were brought into that relationship that they alone share. That's why he's called the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Okay? So that meaning that we are brought in, given partakers of the divine nature, and we're brought into that union, the unity of the Trinity. And at the same time, we ever remain distinct. And we will get to that more depth when we get to the Ark of the Covenant. Though uh, the Ark of the Covenant is a very, very interesting object in, uh, in Hollywood movies. The depths of what that Ark represents are vast. Uh, they're limitless. There's no, <laughs> there's no end to that study. You will... Uh, uh, I mean, you have to, I'm going to take a quick aside, as um, I hope my listeners are getting used to that. Um, I, I, I teach and, and, and share my podcast very similar as I have done with my children, and that it's, um, I don't really like to call it that, but it's like a flow. So I, um, you know, he leads and I follow. <laughs> so if you think I could hold all of these thoughts in my head and just kind of, you know, piece them out. That's not at all what happens. But uh, so you think about the Ark of the Covenant. If uh, we were to take, let's just look at the children of Israel. We're not going to go very far down this road. This is several podcasts all by itself. We'll get to the tabernacle in the wilderness and we'll break down the furniture and pieces of it. And um, um, then we'll move and we'll focus specifically on the Ark of the Covenant and how it relates to us today. It's very much relating to us today. But if you want to think about it, so God is in the earth, he's in the earth with his people, and he's inside a tabernacle, and that tabernacle tent has a tabernacle uh, proper within it, and which is the holy place. And then there's an ad- we go through a veil into the, and there's an additional veil into the Holy of Holies, where God resides. And inside there, there's the Ark of the Covenant. Okay. So God's in there, and the Ark is in there. That's how important it is. <laughs> that would make it uh, very clearly the most important thing in as far as a picture representation of the intentions, plans, and purposes of God in the Old Testament period. And it does. And we'll get to that. But we're talking about the victorious Christian life. And the very the mountain and various people came up that or came to it and approached it and saw a different view of it. And that is very much a type of our relationship with Jesus. One of the things that you will not you should not have and don't want to have is a unity of um of similitude. Our experiences are the same. The essential truths of the gospel are the same. The, the, the irrefutable truth of the word of God is the same. The pillars, the essential doctrines of the church are the same. They stay the same. But our expressions, our individual relationship to those, to that moving and leading and prompting of the spirit is very different. Um, James Robinson, one of my best, best analogy I ever I ever heard was a James Robinson analogy on this, and it's like a heavy wind blowing through a blowing through a forest. All of the different trees respond differently to the wind. Some sway back and forth very, very aggressively, almost dancing, and some are fairly stalwart and don't seem to move at all. 
just a little bit of a a little bit of a rustle and that's very much how the moving of the spirit is amongst his people and we certainly do not want to find ourselves in the camp of looking over at the expressions of another group of brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus and being um <laughs> being put off or judgmental or whatever as it relates as it relates to their particular expression of the moving of the spirit uh our response to him and our response to his movement um the type of music that is played the type of none of those things matter there we are the children of god we are the body of christ and we're members in particular and we have no even if even if that was an issue i will guarantee you that it is not your job okay <laughs> it's not your job to correct other members of the body any more than it's my job from for it's my the hand my hands my right hand's job to fix and correct the issues in my left foot the holy ghost is more than capable he's been to spent 2 years 2000 sorry 2000 years preparing a bride that's that's spotless and blameless without wrinkle before the Lord Jesus Christ before the bride, the bride getting ready for the for the marriage to the Lord and he is more than capable of dealing with what you think is a major issue in your a church in your city or a church around the world on some some internet forum or whatever the case is okay mind your own business <laughs> just i guarantee you that uh i guarantee you that you know <laughs> we can all find enough faults in our own deal that we don't have to worry about the faults in someone else's deal <laughs> right i mean let's face it but anyway back to this so the mountain is the same it's a constant but but the approach you know some come at it from the east some the west whatever your approach to it is different and some of the great men of god and women of god in church history have come at it from a different angle they were brought to it from a different side and they they had a different name for it and uh you know and i've i've mentioned a few of those names the fruitful life the abundant life but it's important for us to note that that flow that comes to them is ever a flow that is coming to them okay they were not they were not uh, i want to say this right off the bat because it was a stumbling block for me it was a stumbling block for me that these people these men and women of god that he has used throughout church history um they were flawed they were they were as normal people they were as normal as you are don't ever think that don't ever think that god is limited or influenced in any way by the vessel that he chooses to reveal himself through and that's really all it is is it's the it's the manifestation of the son of god it's his life flowing i mean it's a if you want to you know it's a river that flows from the very throne of god from the very heart of god and that river flows and it travels and it flows down and it can flow out of you into this life and it will have a purifying effect upon you firstly and then with increase it will affect and influence the things around you and of course the end result of that is 
a, a violent reaction from the law of sin and death. Okay, but that's fine. That's our that's our lot. <laughs> that's where we are, and um, there's an eternal weight of glory that's associated with that. But I want to read something here. This is out of a great book. Um, and, uh, the book is, uh, the power of the spirit. It's a William law book. Um, I, I, I don't read, I don't read a lot of William law, but I certainly like this book. It's a, I find it very, very valuable. Uh, and I want to read this section here and it's talking about, um, the presence of the Holy spirit within us because goodness is in God alone. And that's important that he's ever the source that you cannot achieve any kind of goodness because any kind of goodness um, that you could achieve would be a goodness that was separate from God, right? Think about that. You know, one, one of the mistakes that you can make is, um, I like the analogy of a candle, where if you had 20 people with a candle uh, and all of those candles were not lit, there's no light on them, and then uh, someone brings another candle, another source of, of, of flame, and he lights, he lights one candle. And then many of you have probably been in situations like this. And then that person lights the candle next to him, and then that person lights the candle next to him, and it moves down. And at the end of it, the 20 candles are all lit, including the, the original candle that lit them. They're all lit, but they're all lit with the same flame. The flame came from the source. It came from that first candle. And that first candle, though not a full analogy, could truly say that those are just expressions of me. The other 20 are just, that's me. They're expressions of me. And I like that analogy in the Christian life because it's a lot like that. That God alone is good and any goodness that there may be has come from him. Now, this is important. When it leaves him, it still remains him. So, the goodness of God in us is the goodness of God in us. Okay, He's not diminished by it at all. It isn't like you had to take something from it. Just like that flame. The flame can light another candle, but the flame, the original flame is not diminished. Okay, And it is further expression of the same thing. And that's what the Christian life is. It's very much like. And I like what he says here. He says, all that can be called goodness, holiness, divine tempers, heavenly affections, etc. In the creatures, that's people, uh, his old book, uh, are no more their own or the growth of their created powers. So he's saying here that it is not growth of created powers. It isn't like you, you know, God points the way to holiness and then you develop holiness in your life. Um, th that's exactly what the children of Israel believed, and that's the foundation of every law. Every, every legalistic, every legalistic organization, every legalistic religion on the planet is based on that premise that I share information with you or something, you come in contact with something, and then you take that away, and then you develop it. And then you grow it, right? Um, that isn't how it happens. It's not. It's not. It doesn't how it happens at all. Uh, and then he says, um, "Let's see. They're no more their own or the growth of their created powers than they were 
their own before they were created. But all that is called divine goodness and virtue in the creature, notice he says divine goodness, right? So that's, a, a, that's goodness from God. That's God's own goodness. It ever remains his. But notice he says here, he goes, um, but uh, let's see, where was I? All that is called divine goodness and virtue in the creature is nothing else but the one goodness of God manifesting a birth and discovery of itself in the creature, according as its, cre as its created nature is fitted to receive it. Okay? That's the vessel. So God has prepared vessels to receive something. Okay? But what they receive is never theirs. Okay? It always remains his. It's just simply now in a vessel. Okay? Right? So if I have a spring, a, a water spring of infinite supply, it will just flow and flow and flow. I can take... Um, there's a whole lot more I was going to read there, but I don't, I don't have to. So, yeah, I could take um, a, a spring like a water, just pouring up out of the ground. And it's just going to go and go forever. It isn't going to stop. Now, I could take vessels, and I could fill those vessels with water. I could take clay pots, and I could fill those clay pots with water. And I could, I could fill one, I could fill 20, I could fill a million, and just have them all over the ground. The spring is ever-flowing, a constant source of flow. Now, the, the vessels themselves contain the water from the spring. But the water from the spring always remains the water from the spring. It's simply contained in a vessel that's been prepared to hold it. Okay? The Christian life is very much like that. Well, the Christian life is exactly like that. God has created vessels of his own good pleasure for no, no external motivation at all other than his own good pleasure. He decided to do it for this reason. He decided to do it. He wasn't influenced to do it. He wasn't pressured to do it. Uh, doing it doesn't change him at all, had no impact on him whatsoever, couldn't. And yet he chose to create vessels. And those vessels are created out of dust. And that's, of course, a further revelation of his nature, which is meek and lowly of heart. He could have made human beings out of solid gold, animated solid gold. He could have made human beings out of liquid metal. He could have done anything he wanted. I want you to think about the things on this planet of value that people, could, that people refer to as value. Diamonds are value. He could have, he could have, he could have created human beings out of pure diamond, out of liquid and had liquid gold flowing through their veins. He could have made glass move. We could walk around the same way we walk around now. But in a living being, that glass, that pure diamond would be able to walk around. He can do whatever he wants to do. Absolutely. Without limit. Think about a being that has no limits to his wisdom. No limit to his understanding. No limit to his power. No limit to his authority. No limit to his creativity. Unlimited imagination. 
limited only by, by purity and holiness and righteousness and goodness and mercy. Only limited by his nature, which is perfection. He could have made man out of anything. He could have made man out of anything. What did he choose? What did he choose? He chose the dust of the ground. I mean, you have to picture Satan's in the garden. You got to imagine him. He was perfect in the day he was created. You can read the account in Ezekiel. Right? Now he comes on the scene. He's going to, he restores his earth in six days, renews it, and boom, now he gets to the crown of his creation. And he makes a mud pie. He makes a mud pie. You imagine that. Imagine the demonic realm looking at that and they're like, what is he doing there? What is he doing? He's making the crown of his creation and he's making it out of what? The dust of the ground. Learn from me for I am meek and I am humble of heart. Right? He's making vessels. Oh, he's not making beings. They are beings. We have a problem. We have a challenge, and what we do is we limit an idea. We limit something that God does to one thing. It's not limited to one thing. So when he creates man, he's not just creating some animated being that can walk around. He's got 50 different plans for that human being. We limit it to us. We see it as an us. But it's an expression of his intention, right? So it's an expression of, in, of his intention. And he's going to create a vessel that's going to contain himself. At first, it, can't, it, couldn't even, it couldn't even live and operate without it containing him first. He breathed into his nostrils first. The breath of life. There's a tree in the Garden of Eden that has fruit on it that is life. It's called the tree of life. After man fell, he said, let us... You know, we have to, we, you know, we have to, we have to expel him now, lest he also stretch forth his hand and eat from the tree of life and live forever. You can't limit it. You have to pause. My listeners, you have to pause at this stuff and you have to let the Holy Spirit lead you and teach you and guide you and unfold these things. The Bible is the last book in the world you want to speed read. The spirit of move, the spirit and the movement and the breath of the Holy Spirit, a very slow. He's not in a hurry. He's not in a hurry at all. Okay. So spend time in some of these things. But anyway, back to this. So he's creating a vessel for his goodness. That vessel will contain him. And he chose a humble one. He chose a very basic nominal thing, to reveal himself. And he made man out of the dust of the ground. And that is the clay pot. And the Bible says that we have a treasure in an earthen vessel. And we do. We have a treasure in an earthen vessel. I want to thank you for joining me on His Light and Life. Um, we're going to pick it up right here next time. Um, and I appreciate you spending your time with me. Thank you for listening to His Light and Life. Do you have questions or want to speak with Mark? Please reach out using the email in the description. We'll see you next time on His Light and Life.